You're listening to a Tip of the Cap podcast brought to you by Stinger Sports. Stinger Sports makes high-quality gear for the player who expects more for their money. Visit them today at www.stingerwoodbats.com and use promo code TIP OF THE CAP, all one word, for 10% off your next order. Stinger Sports. Look great. Feel great. Play great. The weather is changing and the sun is shining, which means summer party season is here, and Buffalo Freddy Party Rental has everything you need to get your party started. From tents, tables, and chairs to inflatable bounce houses, water slides, and obstacle courses, Buffalo Freddy has everything you need to take your summer shindig to the next level. Not sure what to serve at your event? Buffalo Freddy does barbecue catering as well. For more details or to make reservations, head over to buffalofreddy.com or give them a call at 716-437-3339. That's 716-4-FREDDY. Buffalo Freddy is a proud sponsor of this podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of Tip of the Cap podcast. I am Coach Jaws, and I am joined today by Connor Priester. Uh, I, I can't call him. I can call him Coach Priester. He is coaching uh, some summer ball right now. Uh, and Connor has a very interesting lead up to what brought us here and what brought us together on the show. And uh, we'll get to that in a minute. But Connor, thanks for joining me, my man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. So uh, I met Connor after a Madai baseball game this year, coaching uh, for Madai, which is his college alma mater, actually. And uh, but Connor was actually on the sidelines for. Oh, God, who are you with again? Penn State Baron. Penn State Baron. And there's so many pit somebodies and Penn somebody's. I got there, them all yeah. confused. I had I had no idea how many there were outside of the I, I thought it was only Barron and Altoona. And then when I got here, I didn't realize how many like satellite schools there actually were. And Abington had a phenomenal year. They have I think they had probably one of the best play, it, it was either Abington or Burks. I, I can't remember, but they had one of the best D3 players in the country. Wow. Yeah. So and like so I I didn't know there were so many until I got to Matai this year. And then there's even more apparently. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's um, insane. But so he's near the uh the sports information director there, correct? Uh, I want to just make sure it's correct. I'm the assistant assistant sports, sports information yeah. director. Right. Yeah. Th- those, th- those extra words and titles are important, especially uh, when speaking, you know, you, well, we want to be sure that we are representing ourselves properly. I, I just want to make sure that my boss gets all the credit that she deserves. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so first and foremost, uh, uh, introduce yourself, tell us where you're from, uh, where you, you know, where you came from, your playing career and what brought you to where you're at. Yeah, so um, you know, I'm from North Tonawanda, a graduate of North Tonawanda High School. Um, you know, unlike today's day and age, I didn't really play much independent ball or, you know, independent travel ball, as they call it now. Um, you know, kind of just played through uh, a travel organization through NT Babe Ruth, which was honestly, it was the best couple of years of my life. Those summers were unbelievable. Great group of guys that um, I'm still super close to with uh, to this day. Um And then when I kind of got a little bit more serious with my playing career, I was actually recommended to play for a Legion team after my sophomore year. Um, And that kind of changed everything. And that was when I really kind of got dead set on wanting to play college baseball because I knew if I could hang with guys. And back then, I mean, um, you know, the people that are in charge now of American Legion in Western New York are doing a phenomenal job of being able to grow the league again um, and making competitive. Because there was there was a couple of years where uh, towards the end of my Legion career, it kind of got really watered down. I think we went from almost like 10 teams to like six Yep. Um, when I first started playing, I mean, I, the funny story that, that, that one of the funny stories I have of baseball is my, my very first at bat came against a Lemoyne commit who was throwing 90 and, you know, you saw me, I'm not a very big guy now. I mean, I'm five, eight <laughs> you know, with, 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 uh, with a little bit of a beard gut I got going on now I'm about one, 165, but I was probably 110 pounds soaking wet when I was a sophomore in high school. And my first at bat, I stepped into a guy that was throwing 90 and my first at bat, I actually took an off-speed pitch to the ear hole. Um, <laughs> And then my second at bat, I took a 90 mile an hour fastball to the back and, and apparently made some ungodly noise. And my coach pulled me because he thought I was broken in half. Um, <laughs> oh, man. So got into Legion ball, uh, played a little bit of triple ABA. And bo- again, both those leagues, I mean, now especially too, I mean, they're still extremely competitive. And it's something that I've been urging a lot of kids, um, especially if you're a senior going into college or if you're a first year college player. Those are two leagues that you should definitely get in because they're extremely competitive. I know everybody kind of talks about um, uni ball and because that's where you're going to get a, more of the best competition. But um, a lot of times, if you're some of those like mid to low level D3 guys, that you're just trying to improve on your game. You're not going to get much playing time at the uni level. Um, but yeah, and then from there, uh, you know, committed to Madai uh, late in my senior year. Um, didn't really have much guidance in the recruiting process, um, but ended up at Madai. I knew I wanted to go somewhere that I wanted to play. Um, and luckily coach Silva, who was the head coach at the time, gave me an opportunity. And then the recruiting coordinator was John McCune. He did an excellent job. 
um, with helping me throughout the process and then got there, um, told that I was going to have an opportunity to compete for a starting job. And I ended up uh, starting almost every game my freshman year. And then from there, just kind of took off, got experienced almost basically all across the diamond. And my claim to fame is I have experienced at every single position at the college level except for first base. So that's, that is my claim to fame. All right. Uh, and it's, it's funny you mentioned it because um, I, I grew up, I mean, there was no travel baseball. It was, you know, town tournament teams. And then you started playing for Legion and right. then like the elite guys from Legion played in triple ABA. Right. So, I mean, that like, that's what it was back then. And now, you know, there's, there's independent teams playing in Legion ball. There's independent teams playing in triple ABA, stuff like that. Like not independent, but like, you know, organizational teams playing in triple ABA, I should say. And, it's, and that, that's why I was, I was so interested in also, and, and I wanted to come on the show and, and talk about this too, because it's, I mean, we're, we're not, there's not that much of a, of an age gap between you and I, but it's, it's so funny how much baseball has changed in terms of, of summer baseball in, in just a few years, because um, you know, when I was playing like 15, new 16, new travel baseball, uh, probably early 2000 or late 2000s, early 2010s, um, like that, that was when those teams really started to take off. Like you had a turf that, that was like the, the hottest team around town. Like they were the yeah. absolute best. Um, then there was, I, I don't know if the Clarence Reds were actually independent or not, but they were also extremely legit. Um, and then there was always like the Niagara power and stuff like that. And the Thunderwolves took over. And then, and then after that, it was game over. And then everything started popping up. Everybody started to make their own organization. Yeah. I mean, it, it started with the, uh, the original Inferno team. Uh, that the Noak brothers, and you know, if you don't know who they are, just look up the swing man and you'll understand who Jeremy is. Uh, that that was the team that they played on. Uh, and it was there, there were some, I don't know the exact numbers, but there was some ridiculous stat on that team that, like, of the 20 guys that were on that roster, which was the first true independent team in the area, uh, the first regional team in the area, like, there were like 20 guys in the roster, 17 of them played college baseball, 10 of them played D1, and four of them ended up in the pros. Like, it was like disgusting. With like two, with two of them getting drafted or something, like off one team from this area, that was that is insane. Yeah, and honestly, if if you're if you're a travel organization too, I mean that 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 should be the ultimate goal too is you want to get it like the majority of your kids going to play travel baseball because it's something that I preach to my kids now. And and for those that, that don't know, they might be listening now. I, I, I'm coaching at the Academy Stars organization uh, with a 17 year program, and if if you if the majority of your guys aren't wanting to go on to play college baseball, I, I highly encourage that you try and at least get them to think about it, especially if they're good enough, um, because I have multiple talks with multiple people that I've had contact with. I mean, a lot of times too, I mean, it, college isn't for everybody and I fully understand that. Um, but a lot of times it, that that's your, that's your meal ticket to getting a degree. Um, if, if you're good enough to play somewhere, or if you have the drive or the work ethic to want to play somewhere, like when I went to college, I had no idea what I wanted to do. All right. I, I, I first looked at Hilbert for forensic science thought I was going to play there, but then I realized that I only passed high school chemistry with like a 70 on the Regents exam. So I was like, this is not for me. <laughs> uh, and I had an opportunity to play at Madai and I was like, what am I going to major in? I have no idea what I want to do. So I was like, easy answer, sport management. Right. And I just happened to be one of the few that, you know, thankfully, um, you know, I put in the work and, and luckily and I'm blessed that I got opportunities as an undergrad with an intern, uh, with an internship, and then being able to jump right out of college and, you know, have a full-time job. And that's where I am now. But again, if, if that's not the goal, if you're um, a travel baseball coach, I think you kind of got to look in the mirror a little bit. I agree. You know, and I, I think a lot of that gets lost. I, you know, I, and I know I, I've gotten lost in it too in the past, especially when I was younger, you know, about, about finding ways to win and, you know, stuff like that. But it's, it's about, you know, it's about development. It's about getting those guys to the next level, um, you know, doing well, it starts with doing well against your age group, but then doing well against guys older than you, because once you get to that next level and even in high school, you know, once you get to that next high school level, it's about being able to compete against guys who are older than you. You know, if you're, if you're in a small school, you, you know, you might be eligible or have a chance to play and start as a freshman on varsity, but that means you're competing against 18 year olds, you know, what you're four, 13 turning 14 when you're a freshman, how many 14 you guys can go out and say, I can strike out, an 18 year old, or I can right. hit off an 18 year old. It's tough. I, and, and that's why I think of, of any team before college that I think was uh, most important that I played on. It was when I got on the Legion, like, like I mentioned um, just after my sophomore year, because again, I was not only extremely undersized, but I was probably the youngest one on the team. Um, but, you know, getting reps at, at second base um, for the majority of my playing time there and, 
um, playing against guys that, you know, I, I had guys on my team that were committed to Ithaca, going to Gannon, Mercyhurst, um, NU, Canisius. We had guys from all over and then we're playing extremely good competition. Like we weren't even the best team in the league at the time either. And we had a lot of good talent. Right. Um, like a lot of guys that, um, you know, just to name a few, like Mark McKenna was a stud at Canisius for a couple of years. Uh, I even played with Benny Serrano and that he's having a unbelievable career at NU. Um, it was just super competitive baseball and especially being on the team that young. I mean, it really helped prepare me to play in college. Absolutely. You know, and, it, and it's funny because I think that translates more and more and more as you get older. Um, you know, there were a few years back, I had the opportunity. I took a team to a tournament in Cooperstown that I, I was actually playing in, like me and my teammates, like my guys, my age. And we were uh, probably around 30 at the time. And we needed to fill the roster out. And I actually ended up taking five guys that just graduated from the high school that I coached at and took them down. And two of them ended up be, uh, were NU commits. Two of them were Brockport commits. And one of them was a commit to West Virginia Wesleyan. And we played a weekend down there and it was fun. We had a blast and we ended up winning the tournament. And after everything was said and done, I was talking to them before they all loaded up their cars to drive home one, because we just played, an insane amount of baseball in two days, you know, five, nine inning games in less than 24 hours or just over 24 hours. And, you know, that's just the nature of the beast down there. And I was like, you know, making sure that they're all going to be okay and safe getting home. And then like, so what'd you guys think? And, you know, a couple of them looked like, I'm pretty sure I learned more about baseball this weekend playing with a bunch of 30 year olds than I ever have in any level I've ever played on. And some of the teams we played weren't great. You know, there, there was a couple of teams that by that second or third game of the weekend, they're, their arms are shot, their legs aren't under them anymore. And, you know, but they look like uh, you, you learn how to play the game. It's not just go and throw as hard as you can. So it's, it's being smart and learning the game itself from guys who maybe aren't the most athletically gifted anymore, or are maybe a couple of years past their prime, but still compete because they're smart. Right. And, and like, I had no idea when I got on to, to Legion ball, what, you know, yeah, I was, I was the kid that, that would eat, sleep, breathe baseball. But when I got to Legion, I was humbled. Um, mm-hmm. When I got to college, I was, I was even more humbled because, I mean, in summer baseball, a lot of coaches, they're, they're not necessarily going over the fundamentals as much. It's more of, it's, it's like plug and play, show and go. Right. Um, but still, you're, you're, you're still learning a lot more with, with those organizations or those teams. And then it's, it helps prepare you for when you get to the college level, because I mean, e- even though that I, I, I played Legion triple ABA, when I got to college, it's like, all right, we're going to talk about hitting approach. And I'm like, I just, I just went up there and swung the bat as hard as I could. That's what I thought it was my approach. And they're like, no, you're, you're a buck 20 soaking wet. Like you need to understand what type of hitter you're going to be. You need to understand if you're where, where you are in the order, what your job is going to be, um, what type of, what type of role you're going to have on the team, what type of player you are. Um, and then kind of stressing the overall hitting approach as a team. And that was something where um, at first it, w- it was kind of like this, none of this makes sense at first, but then after you really buy into the process and you understand that the guys that are, are, are telling you what's going on, the coaches that are, that are trying to, to guide you, they know what they're talking about. And that's something that I think a lot of, a lot of kids, not only in college, but I think also at, at, at you know, in the, the travel, the travel ages, you know, Legion baseball, high school, a lot of kids get a little ignorant to that. And I think that that's, it's the main, it's the main problem um, that we see now with, with kids that they're not fully buying into what is actually being taught. And I get a lot of times too, there's sometimes people in places at certain high schools, certain organizations that maybe they shouldn't be there. But I mean, if it, you, no matter what you, if you buy into a coach, good things are going to happen. And that's something that I stress heavily, um, you know, with my team and I get it. I'm, I'm still, I'm still young. I don't know everything, but I know enough to the point where I can get these kids to where I think they should be or where they want to be. And they've done an excellent job. We did an excellent job with this past weekend. Um, and th- this past weekend, I've never been more proud of a group of kids than I ever have in my life. And, you know, again, short coaching career, I've only been in for about four or five years, but this past weekend, they completely bought in and they rallied around each other. And it was, it was a really special thing to be a part of. And that's awesome. And, and, and that's, that's a huge part of it. You know, that buy-in it matters, you know, and I, I, I think there's a lot right now, especially when you start talking summer ball, uh, I think there's a lot of just kind of that show and go and like, well, we're either, you know, we're either more talented or we're going to play better today. And it is what it is and wins and losses come and go with that. You know, but you, you see the guys that buy into a process, that buy into a program, that buy into an idea, 
having more sustained success. And I think you see that with some of the, you know, some of the bigger programs around the area, the guys who buy in and the guys who, you know, the teams who have a program set up, that's not just a bunch of individual teams at different ages. You know, the, the guys that their older teams work with their younger teams practice together, they cage time together. You know, the guys that don't shy away from like, Oh, I don't want to hit with this 13 year old. Like, no, get in here, kid. Let's go. Let's swing. You know, the, you see those guys, and those teams and those programs having more sustained success and that sustained success isn't necessarily being able to post a trophy or a banner for winning. It's to be able to say, Hey, here's, you know, here's this guy who's doing this at this, this school in a big spot, you know, and you know, this guy shining in the, you know, this tournament or whatever for his college conference, things like that. Right. And, and like going back to the thing about what you said about like working with the younger guys too, I, I think at the, at the high school level too, I mean, I, we didn't do it a lot when I was at NT, but I, I can tell you almost every single time where we were together with um, when I was on JV and if we did any type of, you know, combined team practice, or if they came out to our game or we went to their game, I can tell you every single time that I had a conversation with an older guy, I can almost remember every single conversation that I had. And it's something that I learned. Um, and, and like, just being around those guys. And again, because you always think that, you know, everything until you actually have those conversations. And, we, and it's the most important thing when you're younger is to be open and understand um, that you can be humbled and then understand how to deal with humility. And, and it's, um, you know, I, I preach that a lot with, with uh, the kids I have now, um, you know, it's super, super corny. Um, but, you know, we go by the four H's right now. Um, it's heart, hustle, hunger, humility. And I will say I, maybe I did rip the hunger humility part away from Sean McDermott. All right. But I also <laughs> want to say that I've been saying, I've been saying humble and hungry before I knew that it was a thing before I started watching his interviews. Um, but all jokes aside, I mean, it, it's the corny stuff that, that, that sticks with the younger generation. It's also knowing how to interact with them too. And something that I, I just came up on the fly the, uh, this weekend too, it was um, prepare work, win party. And like the kid, the kids loved it. Right. It's just these little things that if, if you say it, like whether it's, it's with, um, you know, you're, you're, what well, there's a total thought process behind it, or if it's something that you just think is completely corny, that it's going to stick with them. And, and they'll understand that. Then they'll think into it. You know, they'll probably go back in, in their own little team group chat or their team Snapchat, and they'll probably mock it a little bit, but you know what? They remembered it. Absolutely. And it's going to stick with them. So <laughs> it's, it's all just kind of knowing how to handle um, your players as a coach. You know, I, it, it's funny you bring that up. Uh, when I, my early years at Lancaster, we had a very young team. My second year, um, I think we had maybe four seniors, five seniors total, and only two of them were starters. So, you know, we had a lot of talent, but you know, when you're playing, like I said, you when you're playing up, when you're playing against older guys, there's a little bit of fear, right? There's a little bit of timid, uh, timidity, I guess you'd call it just that little, am I, am, can I make this play? Do I belong here? And we, we adopted the model for, I mean, a good seven, eight years, the kids really bought into it and lived and died by it was spikes up balls out, no fear. And, you know, spikes up was a thing for me that, you know, at the time there was a lot of coaches teaching to slide with your toe in the dirt. And I'm like, it's a great way to blow your knee out. Like spikes up doesn't mean you're cleating somebody. But when you pop up slide, your heel hits the bag and you pop up. Your heel can't hit the bag if your toes are on the ground. Like proper, it, it, like play the game the right way. Spikes right. up, do it the right way. You're not playing dirty. You're playing right. Balls out. Go 100%. Go 100, 100 miles an hour. If you're going to make a mistake, do it going as hard as you can. Because a mistake, go, a mistake that you make trying to play and play the right way is okay. Errors happen. It's part of the game. But if you make a mistake playing timid, playing slow that's you're not playing confident and then no fear. You can't be afraid. You absolutely cannot. And the guys bought into it. And it, it, it was one of the things that helped flip our pro, flip our program from a defensive standpoint. And I mean, those kids bought into, and to this day, they, you know, they'll like, I'll, I'll talk to guys, I'll bump into guys and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll say it as we, you know, Hey man, good scene. Hey coach spikes up balls out. No fear. Like, yeah, absolutely. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, another one too is, um, you know, I got, uh, I, I've heard, um, I've heard my parents say it. I've, the kids all say it now. Um, actually got mocked this past weekend. Um, you know, if there's like, if there's like a big spot or if there, there's a guy that's down in a, in a, in a two strike count, 
um, kind of following off pitches and, and you know, I, it's, it's a big spot for him. I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm very animated on the ball field. You know, I'm, yeah. I, I know I, can, I know how to contain myself, but um, I'm very intense because you got to stay up to keep those kids up because sometimes, you know, with 16 year olds, their, their retention span can't last for seven innings, um, especially playing multiple games, but I'll, I'll, I'll say, Hey, be a dog for me. And I'll say it with, you know, with some intensity and, you know, and, but again, that sticks with them. And then, you know, this past weekend we had, you know, the opposing team's parents like pretending to bark and then almost doing like a chihuahua bark where it's like, you know what, Hey, this, this is sticking with them. All right. And, and like, I got, I got, I'll have kids in my dugout. They'll, they'll be saying, Hey, be a dog for us, be a dog for us. And it's like, it sticks with them. And, you know, if, if it's something that, that, you know, the guys can kind of pick up and they'll all, you know, kind of say it, it's, it's almost like an identity. Um, and then it sticks with you and, and then it makes them want to actually have, you know, you know, be a dog. And it's, again, it's, it's the corny things, man. It, it, and that's why it's what makes coaching kids. It makes it so special because you see the impact you have on them. Um, and that's why, you know, it's so important that, you know, we need to be positive role models to them. Um, Absolutely. And again, saw it this past weekend, there's coaches that are 110% not being positive role models um, and not containing their teams. And it's, again, it's just, you got to look in the mirror. You got to understand why you're doing it and, and why you're coaching and just figure out what your purpose is. Because if it's, if it's just to let your team do whatever it is and, and, you know, um, you know, not play with high character, then that's an issue. I, and I agree with that. Cause that's, um, that's hurting, that's hurting, that's hurting the kids more that's hurting you. Absolutely. You know, and, and it's funny at, you know, so <laughs> a couple of years back, we had a, uh, a young man on our, on our team that, on the football field, they, they referred to him as the great white, you know, he was a great white shark and he didn't want to be, didn't want to be in the a fish in his water, you know, and he's actually carried that into a very, very dominant and successful college football career. But, you know, it kind of followed him on the baseball field a little bit too. And we were playing a sectional final game and he made an error and the other team's parents kind of ribbed on him a little bit using that nickname. And I'll tell you what, this is a kid I wouldn't want to piss off because of how intense he is. Like we're talking about a kid who would like, take his helmet off and headbutt his teammates with helmets on. He was so fired up after scoring a run and they, they fired this kid up so bad that like he ended up having probably the best, like last three innings of a game that I've ever seen, including a ground rule double scoring from second on an infield single, like just a weak ground ball through the, through the infield. He read it off the bat, knew it was getting through and he scored and on a play that nobody should score on. And he was just so fired up. It turned the game for us and ended up being, he ended up, that run ended up being the winning run. Uh, we had one by two, but he was the third run of a, th- of a four, two game. And, you know, I, th- those things stick, you know, you, you're, you're, you're going to mock me and you're going to mock us. Okay. Poke the bear, you know, and yeah, on the other I, end, I, I was just about to say, poke the bear. I was just about to say, you never want to poke the bear, yeah. especially, especially with, with a good coach team, because that's, it's, any good coach is going to see that. And it's going to, and, and it's, it's the same thing. Don't talk back, beat him on the field. It's, yeah. it's the most simple, it's the most simple statement that any coach is going to make when there's chirping going on. Um, and I had to say this past weekend, we had, we had a very, very um, scary and freak incident that happened uh, that resulted in one of uh, my players having to be pulled from the game and kind of be sent to um, local urgent care to get checked out. And, I didn't hear it with my ears, so I don't want to send a false agenda out, but um, I had a conversation with the umpire because the umpire ended up giving out a bench warning. Um, and then I politely asked the umpire if, if it was anything that if, if my catcher um, you know, may have initiated it. And he said, no. And they said they're mocking the guy that mocking somebody for, you know, having one of our guys have to be taken to a hospital. And I'm like that. I don't know how as a coach you can let that happen. And, and, and you know, I, I got a lot of respect for, for the other coach, but so I don't know if he heard it, but it was it was just something that, um, you know, you, you just need to understand that we're not just coaching baseball players. We're, we're coaching we're coaching people. And I think that's something that at the summer ball in, in, in that little nucleus, whether again, whether it's travel, whether it's legion, whether it's muni, anything that that gets lost in the shuffle is you're not just coaching athletes. You need to be able to look past the jersey and see the person that's underneath the hat. Yeah. And if, if that's, that's my biggest goal right now. And, it, you know, I, I had a goal going into this year too, where, um, you know, I don't care if they were going to, if they were going to play college baseball. I, I mean, I did care, but I wanted all three of my seniors this year. I wanted them to go somewhere. They're going to be happy. I know they're going to at least be there for four years or enjoy their two years of as a Juco. Um, and we're about to have our third guy basically really go full in on the college baseball process right now. Uh, he had a visit right now and it's, it's 
again, I couldn't be any more proud because they've gone throughout this whole entire process, with a lot of patience. Um, and, you know, it speaks to their character because they're all phenomenal kids. And we just, we just have a really good group of guys. And I'm not saying that's anything because of me, um, but I like, I like everything that I preach is just to make sure that we're being good people and their parents did a really good job bringing them up as well. So, I mean, that's, I'd much rather, I'd much rather have a less talented group of kids, but hold themselves to high character and work hard than have a, a lot of talent and kids that don't know how to win or lose and do nothing but chirp. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's something I think it gets lost too. You know, everyone likes to talk about character. Everyone likes to talk. I mean, there's a lot of hot, you know, hot work, hot, you know, hot, hot button words out there. You know, the, the word scrappy, gritty, um, you know, character and things like that. It's, it's all things that coaches love to say and love to preach, but what are you actually doing? You know, are you the guy that goes out and, you know, talks about, you know, guys with character and guy, you know, te- you know, teaching guys the right way. And then you're all over social media, bashing everything you can and just kind of being a jerk, you know, kids see right. that kids absolutely see that. Uh, you know, I had, I had a coaching actually two coaches tell me the one day we were kind of, you know, going back and forth, they took exception to something I posted or said or whatever. And we were going back and forth. And I said, it was like, listen, you know, your, your guys can see all this. Like, is this the message you want to send? And they went like, Oh, you wouldn't last an inning in front of our dugout. That's not a flex. Like that's, no, that's not, not a brag. I don't know. No, it's not. And, and, and again, that, that's, I, I don't even know who the question is, but that person, again, they, they need to do a self evaluation and understand like, why, why are you doing it? Cause all you're doing is you're, you're, I don't want to use the word brooding. It's a little bit dramatic, but it's like, you're, you're making a negative influence on the next generation of not just baseball players, but human beings. I mean, we already have, a, we are. And again, this is, it's, I don't want to get bigger than baseball, but like we already have enough negativity, enough craziness that's going on in this world. We don't need to, we don't need to breed more bad human beings. And I'm not saying that any of those kids are going to go off and do something dramatic, but it's like, just be a good person. Right. And like if, cause if you hold yourself to a high standard and if you're a good character, like you can, you can go far in life with a good work ethic, good character, good attitude with everything. Um, and it sounds extremely cliche, but that's, it's, it's how I was brought up, not only just with my parents, but, um, you know, coaching just from a young age. And it's like, we, I, I had a, I had a, I had a coach through one of my first travel coaches. Um, after every practice, we would read something out of, um, oh my God, I forgot the name of the book, but Tony Dungy wrote a book. Oh, um, I know the book. I've read it. Oh my God. It's yeah. like, it's, it's one, like it's it like, there's one and like entry for every single day. Right. It's something like that. And there's, there was one that we always went to about character. Yeah. And I don't know if it was from the book, but it's, it's, it will forever be engraved in my brain. It's, it's character is what you do when nobody is watching. Yep. And I'm not sure if it's from that book, but we would always just read a little excerpt out of, out of that, uh, out of, out of that book that Tony Dungy wrote and, and just every single coach, I think that I've had, I've, I've had a very, um, I've had a very strange path of a playing career, but I think every single coach and I, I take, you know, a lot of what I've learned from them, um, a lot of what I've saw, whether it be the good or the bad, and it kind of made me into the coach that I wanted to be. Um, and it's kind of molded me into what, what I preach. I mean, it's like, I, it's, I, I coach a travel team. All right. But at the very first, at the very first, um, very first practice, the very first team meeting, I hand out a team rule sheet to everybody. They sign it, they give it back to me. If they don't follow a team rule, like there's discipline for it. Right. Um, and you know, I, it's not that I run a super, super tight ship, but it's, Again, I'm trying to prepare the kids who 110% are going to buy in for college baseball to prepare them for it because they're going to go through the same thing. It was the first thing we did uh, for report day. We signed a team rule sheet. Um, we went through everything. We knew we knew what the what the expectation was for us. Um, and if and if we if we didn't hold ourselves to that standard, there was going to be consequences. And so if if the, if this is what my team is supposed to be preparing kids for college baseball or hopefully getting them to that point, I want them to understand as much of what it's going to be like as possible. And I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's drastic. I think it's what almost, you know, a lot of other teams should kind of, you know, set that model to be. Well, you know, and it's funny. Uh, so first off the, the book that I was referencing was the one year uncommon life daily challenge with Tony Dungy. Uh, the other books he wrote were quiet strength, the principles, practices, and priorities of a winning life the mentor leader and uncommon finding your path to significance. Those are Tony Dungy's main books, but oh, the soul of a team. The the winning, did you say winning life? I want to say it was the winning life. Yes. I want to say the cover was him. I think there might've been a Colts logo on the front. I know it's all. 
that that's him with a like he's on the field coaching. He's got his uh, Colts hat on and a headset, so that'd be the one. Yeah, but I mean, everything he's put out is is like that. I mean, the is it I, a white I, cover? Uh, no, it's it's so it's a picture of him looking off in the distance with a blurred background and. I want to say it was a white cover, man. Again, this was probably when I was nine years old, ten years old, and which is crazy to think it was 14, 15 years ago, which is insane. Yeah. But I, I mean, I can like I can tell you that if if it's anything like the uh, the 365 day uncommon life thing that I I mean I hit I read that through the guys that I coach with at the high school and you know that was awesome you know and it's it's a little scripturey for my taste but you can look right. beyond that to take away the message like you know and I, I know a lot of people that would just throw that out because it's got you know reference to God and religion and if that's not your cup of tea I mean. Um, I had coached Mike masters on the show and he's very, very religious in what he teaches, but his whole thing is teaching athletes from the inside out, the heart, soul, mind, and body of, of an athlete, you know, the, the four main components and it's building from the inside out. And he does, he does, like he references a lot of, you know, um, religion and scripture, but it, how he delivers the message doesn't matter as much as the message. And if you can get past that, like, if you can't get past that, I think there's an issue, right? Now, this might be a dumb question. You've read The Mental Game of Baseball? Yes. Okay, that is – that book changed my playing career. I, I – not that I was mentally weak, but that game made me think completely differently of how I approach the sport, how I, even how I approach daily life. Right. Um, and that is a book that I still recommend to every single one of my players now. Um, I had I – had, I had young man about two years ago uh in fall ball and phenomenal talent phenomenal talent but was one of um you know i have a very good relationship with him now so if if, if he's if he ends up listening to this he'll he won't there won't be any bad blood he was one of the most mentally weak kids that i've ever had phenomenal talent um he actually had a phenomenal spring this year but the first thing that i said to him for fall because i, I held individual meetings um, and then also I had very, um, you know, kind of short conversations with parents as well, just to kind of let them know what I expected come summer ball. And I was like, I want him to read this front to back by the time I, by the time we step on the field in the, in the summer. And he was like, done. He came back to me after like our, like probably first or second winter practice in the off season. He was like, coach, I finished it. And I'm like, so what'd you think? He goes, yeah, that was really good. And I'm like, do you think it's going to help at all? He goes, yeah, no, it really made me understand that I was kind of being a baby. And I'm like, yeah, like that's like, you need to be mentally tough to play baseball. Like, I don't care if you're a pitcher, if you're a catcher, no matter what you are, like you're going to fail. And in any sport, you're going to fail. You need to understand how to handle adversity, how to handle losing and how to handle failure. And if you can't, I mean, and that book, it, it talks about so many other things um, like hitting approach, how to attack it, like everything it's, it's in that book. It's, it's literally, it's the baseball Bible. Right. So, and I, I still recommend it to my kids now. And it's, um, I know a couple of them have either read it or they read part of it. And every single one of them has came back to me with good things. And they're like, coach, yeah, that, that helped. And like, they'll bring it up either at practice or at a game. They're like, Hey, and you remember this part? And I'm like, yeah. And it's, it's, it's a good conversation starter too. Um, and it's also, it's, it's growing the knowledge in the brain of these kids about, about the sport. Which is huge. I mean, I, there's a lot of kids who are very, very good at this game that don't understand, understand that side of it because they've never had to, because they're, they're just really good. Well, eventually really good is playing with other guys who are really good. And the things that separate you are, can you work hard enough to get really better? And do you understand the game? You know, I mean, you, there's, you know, do you understand the game and, and not just the X's and O's, you know, the, the stuff behind the scenes, the stuff that goes on before the X's and O's even matter. Right. And it's, it was so important too. And it, 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 really helped with his preparation. Um, you know, I, like, I, I'm not going to get into the details, but there was, there were some pretty dramatic things that he would do that when he wasn't either getting a call or if he was getting hit around or if I pulled him in the first, he couldn't get out of the first inning. And I never saw anything like that again out of him in the summer. I haven't seen anything like that out of him um, or heard anything about it uh, during his school ball season this year. Um, he had a phenomenal season. He's, he's been one of the hardest workers that I know. Um, he's going to go into his senior year right now, and he has a legitimate chance to play somewhere extremely competitive. I have a shot to play right away. Right. Uh, 
you know, I'm not going to jump right out and say D1 because, you know, you need to, you need to work extremely hard to play D1, but he knows that if, if he keeps working his tail off and, it, you know, he sticks to everything that he read in that book, there's like, there's still that possibility because he's on, he's on people's radars. Um, you know, he's, he's gotten, he's gotten much better physically and mentally from where he was a couple of years ago. And it's, again, I could be more proud of the kid. Yeah. I mean, one of, one of my favorite guys to, to talk about, and I, you know, still, still talk to him this day. He played for me for one year when he was 15. Uh, he came over, I saw him play. We played against him like three, four times in the summer and just me walking past him when he was catching, going to coach third, just little short conversations. And then in a game, it was a like mid, mid to late July boys, a summer league game. It didn't matter. Like, you know, and I saw him do something with a throwdown and I looked at him, I said, something I was like, Hey, you're kind of popping straight up and just all arm in it. That's why you're throwing the ball to center field every time. And he's like, what do you mean? So over the course of seven innings, I worked with the other team's catcher on his throwdowns and he threw the, the tying run out at second base on me, stealing, like attempting to steal this, the fastest runner on my team, threw him out by two steps. And he looked down at me and smirked. And I just like, I rolled my eyes and shook my head and every single guy on my team understood. Like they, they looked at me and they were like, you know, one, one kid was like, coach, you know, he probably wouldn't have thrown us out there if, uh, if you hadn't been talking to him between every inning. And I was like, right, but that doesn't help him. Like nobody right. cares who's going to win this game. Nobody remembers who's, what the final score of this game is going to be. Nothing in this game is going to happen that is going to make or break anyone. But in he's going he's going to be better for it next game and next year and down the road. And after the like after the game, he walked up to me. He's like, "Do you guys have tryouts?" I said, "Yeah." I said, "We have tryouts every year." He goes, "I'd like to come try out for you guys." I said, "Great, no problem. That'd be awesome. I'd love to have it. We need another catcher. You know, my catchers are always getting banged up and stuff. It's you know we carry two. And if one goes down or something happens, I only have one. And then I get other guys catching. I'd love to have another catcher. And I said, but no promises. You don't, you're not automatically walking onto a spot on my team. You got to make the team. He got kicked off his team that year. The, the team he was playing for, uh, he got into somebody slid into him hard, um, and hard and high at the plate. And his reaction was to punch the kid in the face. This kid was a hockey player. He was a tough kid, tough. I mean, you want to talk about tough. You want to talk about gritty, find a hockey player that plays baseball. You'll find a kid who's tough and gritty. And he also had that fire, you know, that the, the, the stuff as they call it in hockey. And his answer was to just throw a bow at this kid. And he got kicked out of the game. Uh, they didn't have a sub to put in for him. So they forfeited the tournament game and the coach kicked him out of off the team. And I, I saw the whole thing. So when he came to tryouts, I look, I like, he saw me, he walked up to me. He said, Hey coach, how are you? I said, got something to tell me about. And he goes, oh, well, yeah. And I was like, listen, I was there. So be honest. And he went, well, I overreacted. I shouldn't have done what I did, but I was pissed at the time. And I said, listen, if you make my team, that's something we're going to work on. And he made my team the very first practice. He's in the cage and he's struggling to hit. And I knew, I knew he could hit. It was one of the reasons I really wanted this kid on my roster. And I looked at him and he was just getting madder and madder, swinging harder and harder. And I went and I looked at him and I said, here's the deal. Every time I see you grip that bat harder and swing harder, you're going to go off in the corner and do, do a minute worth of wall sets until you're too tired to be that mad. And the first practice, he probably spent about 20 minutes doing wall sets. And then his last round was great because he was too tired to be so angry. And over the course of the year, we worked on it. His attitude got better. He calmed down. He relaxed so much so that he actually ended up playing. Uh, he ended up actually foregoing a chance to play in the, uh, the OHL because they wanted, they wanted to be a goon. They wanted to just be a dirty player, hit people and fight. And he went, I'm better than this. I, I don't want to be that guy. I, I'm talented. I can play. I can score. I can shoot. I can skate. And they said, well, your chance to play here is we want you to run people. And he said, that's not me. And he forewent a great opportunity there, but you know, he, that wasn't the opportunity he wanted a year, a year or two prior. And he took, this is directly from him. He goes a year or two prior. I would have jumped at that. He right. goes, I ended up wanting, I didn't want to be that guy. I don't want to be a guy who's got a broken face, broken knuckles and missing teeth to say, I played a year or two in the OHL. He goes, cause guys who guys who are goons and, you know, in, in junior hockey, they don't play anywhere. They don't go anywhere. Correct. You know, and then he goes, I, I wanted to be better than that. I wanted to be better than the attitude that I was known for. And he's, he's got a great career now. He's doing great. He's got a family, he's raising kids and he, he, you know, he's, he's doing really, really well for himself. And like that, that's, that's the other super, super interesting part about, 
this age group is 16 year olds, 15 year olds, 17 year olds. Like we, you don't need to be a scientist to understand. There's so many emotions. There's so many things happening when you're that age in your head. All right. You can't control a lot of the things that you do sometimes, whether it be good or bad. Like the things you say sometimes like a 16 year old, sometimes they can't control it. All right. And, and the biggest thing that I, that I tell, that I tell my kids, I'll tell the parents, I'll tell, you know, um, and something that umpires I think too need to understand a little bit more too. I get it. They have a super, super tough job. They're getting berated constantly, but you cannot control a 16 year old's emotions. The only thing that you can do is contain it. And that's something that I've, I've, I, I learned quickly and something that I've been preaching for the last four years is you're not going to be able to tell a 16 year old to calm down. The only thing you can do is get them to take a deep breath and understand the situation a little bit more and get them to try and contain himself. All right. Cause they could go off the rails at any time, but your job is basically to make sure that that doesn't happen and just let them blow off steam or make sure that it's not in a situation where it could jeopardize himself or the team or jeopardize anything else. Because again, you can't control what's going on in their head. You can only contain the situation. Yeah. That, that, that same kid that year that he played for me, had a very similar situation in the semifinal of a tournament kid came into him high. I mean, he didn't even slide came, just came in high and filled him up. And he, as soon as I saw it, I took off out of the dugout. He stood up. I grabbed him by the chest protector, just stood between him and the kid, looked him dead in the eye and said, take a deep breath. You're better than this. You got him out. The innings over, go to the dugout. We'll talk in a minute. I got you. I got this. And he looked at me, just shook his head, walked away. I looked back at the umpire and said, if that kid's not off this field, we're going to have a problem. I go, cause I'm not going to stop him again. And that kid's going to get hurt. So that kid needs to be gone. Cause those are the rules. And he right. went, you're right. He's done. Their coach lost his mind. Their coach got tossed. I went back to the dugout. The kid didn't say a word. He came up and hugged me and said, no one's ever had my back like that. That's the biggest thing too. And was that high school or was that travel ball? You said it was travel. travel ball. Yeah, that was travel. It's, it's the hardest thing to do in, in the amount of time that you have, but building trust with your players is, again, it's the most important thing. And the, the minute that, that those kids understand that it's like, you are there for them. Like, I'm not, I'm not coaching Academy because, you know, I think that I'm going to go coach in the MLB. I'm coaching Academy because I want to get these kids to where I think that they should be or where they want to be and help them achieve their goals and help them develop and also give them the experience that I had when I was playing 15, 16, 17 new baseball. And I, I want them to understand that, you know, the memories they're making on the field, they're going to last your entire life. The decisions that you make right now to go to college, they could change your entire life. And I'm not there for myself. I'm there for them. Right. right? And, and again, like I wouldn't be driving from Erie, Pennsylvania to Buffalo once a week in the winter um, you know, juggling my job as well. I wouldn't be having to work around my job right now to attend, you know, four day, you know, long tournaments. If, 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 if this was about me, if this is right. about me, I would have said, I'm not doing this, find another coach. I'm doing this for the kids. Cause I love the kids. I got a great group of guys. And it's once you get that trust, I mean, you just, you can take off. That's when you start building culture. It's when you really start building that team camaraderie and you know, culture gets thrown around nowadays too, because it's, you know, it's the word. It. It's a hot button word. And, and it's like, but again, what really is culture? No, nobody can really, nobody can really define it because it's like, you see the bills. They're like, oh yeah, the bills built this culture. It's yeah. It's a winning culture, but what is their culture? Right. It, right? And, it's, it's working hard, showing up, holding yourself to character. And it, it, again, it's, it's really the same things that I've, <laughs> I've tried to build my organization around the same fundamentals. Um, and then just throwing those silly words on it, making, you know, short little abbreviations for it. And it's once you, it's, it, it all just goes back to trust and getting the kids to buy in and understand that I'm here to help. And my, again, the biggest thing is, but like you need those kids to help us help them. And once that they buy into that, it's, it's game over. It's you, you have, it, it's at that point, it's like you're playing a video game and you're just moving those kids around and doing what you're trying to do to make them most successful along with the team, because they're going to buy in anything that you say they're going to buy into. And it's just like moving, it's, it's moving checkers or chess pieces on a chessboard. Yeah. It's, and it, and it's awesome to see when it clicks, you know, and then I, there, I think there's a lot of things that, you know, the way you build trust, the way you build those relationships with those kids is something I think a lot of 
especially like summer travel teams are getting away from, you know, one of the things way back when the Inferno program and the Titans program itself first started, it was, you know, when you went, when you traveled as a team, you stayed as a team, you know, the, the, the team stayed together. The coaches, you know, were in charge of the kids 100% of the way. And, and part of the reason that was originally adopted was because you'd see kids from this area, you know, guys that were my age or even a little bit older and a little bit younger would go to school and they'd come home after a semester. Cause they didn't know, like they, they couldn't take care of themselves. They couldn't, they didn't know how to do laundry. They didn't know how to order food. You know, they, they didn't know how to operate without mom and dad holding their hand every step of the way. You know, I've, I've had kids that were 15, 16, 17, 18 years old that we stop at a restaurant somewhere and they go, coach, what am I going to eat? What do you mean? What are you going to eat? Well, what are you going to order for me? Son, I ain't ordering you a damn thing. Like you're, you're, you're grown. Go order food. I've never done this before. You've never ordered food from a waitress before? Like, no. All right, man. Well, here's the deal. If it costs less than $12, you can order it. And uh, just when she comes around, ask you what you want say, I want that. But 17 years old kid didn't kid never ordered his own food before because mom yeah. and dad always did it for him. And that yeah. was, you know, that was a, oh, go ahead. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not that they're not smart kids. No, it's that, they're smarter now than they ever have been. Right. It, it's just, and it's, it's not even, it's not even a laziness thing. It's that they just need, if they get pointed in the right direction by the right person, they'll be able to survive. It's just, and, and it all goes back to like the, the point I'm trying to get at is like the, the, the college recruitment process. It, like the, the three kids that I had, they had no idea what they had to do to get seen. All right. Because, you know, truthfully told, like they're not D1 prospects. All right. And when it's, when you get to that, it's like they're in, in their mind, they think, Hey, we're good enough to play college baseball. Why aren't we getting looked at? It's like, well, today's day and age, you need to market yourself. You need to email coaches. You need to attend any type of prospect ID clinics that you can. You need to just do anything you can to market yourself. And that's why, um, you know, it, it sounds super foolish too, but in November, I created our Academy Stars 17 new Twitter page. Yeah. And from then I've had, um, uh, I, I had one kid that committed actually before that because I did a little bit on my own personal before. Um, and it, it helped get him a little bit of exposure, uh, got coaches to go to his, go to his games, um, ended up committing in the winter or I'm sorry, early spring. And then, um, a second who was a, um, a late pickup for our team. First practice, I saw him right away. And I was like, you're a senior, right? He's like, yeah. He's like, have you thought about college baseball? He's like, I mean, I wouldn't mind playing. And I'm like, kid, you're good. You are good enough to play college baseball. I'm telling you that right now. Like, I don't want you to think that you can play D1 because I'm going to tell you right now, I don't want to break your heart, but you're not going to play D1. All right. But you are good enough where you can go into, you know, a mid-level D3 roster, compete for a roster spot right away or compete for, and even compete for a starting job. But he's like, okay, well, what do I have to do? And I'm like, well, first you need to like, look for colleges, find somewhere that you like first academics come first. Um, and then I, I just had another one too. And the kid has no idea what he wants to do with his life. Like, and I'm like, academics come first. He, he doesn't like everything that I tried to bring up, try to, you know, stuff that I have at least a little bit of knowledge in, or I know people that can steer him in the right direction. He's like, yeah, nothing that sounds good. And I'm like, Juco wouldn't be a wrong route to go either. Right. right? Get your, get your prerequisites out of the way from there, maybe in two years, you know, or maybe even after year one, you'll figure out what you want to do. And also you have an opportunity to play college baseball. He's like, okay, well, what do I have to do? I'm like email coaches. All right. Let them know, send them your schedule, get, everything you got to do, get everything you got to do with, with academics out of the way first, make sure you got your test scores in, make sure that your grades are good. All right. Um, do anything you can extracurricular activity that looks good on, you know, any type of application. And then from there, I mean, we got all summer. All right. You don't need to commit right, like right away. All right. We still have a whole summer. I get it that with, with 2022s right now, a, a lot more competitive D3s, their, their recruit their recruiting class, it's done. Right. It's done. But, a lot of JUCOs, they'll take anybody a lot of the time, um, especially if, if they're hurting for guys. Um, and that and that's not just speaking like, hey, anybody can go play that, but it's like you you still need to have some type of talent. Um, a couple a couple D threes that I know they're still they're still looking for guys, especially if it's if it's teams that have just had a recent coaching change or something that kind of flipped in their program recently, where they have the ability now to bring in more guys, whether it be more resources, a field, um, you know, a, more coaching staff. Um, there's all, they're looking for guys and 
I'm, I told him, I'm like, listen, like you don't need to commit right now. If you have, if you have a school, great. Um, if it's a school you want to go strictly for academics, you have a chance to play college ball, go for it. But if, if it's something that you're still just kind of using baseball as that meal ticket, we can wait until July, especially right. if, this, if, if there's a school that's already interested in you, I'm not saying use it as a fallback plan, but you still have options. Um, it's, it's just, it's been, it's, it's been opening because it's like, I, I was them. I had no guidance. I had right. no idea what I was doing. I didn't even apply to a college until like February or February of my senior year. I had no idea what I was doing. And next thing I know, I'm like, I want to play college baseball, uh, but die. And the rest was history. Like, and, I, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying like, listen, if I had guidance, I would have went to D1. Like, absolutely not. Dude. Like, like, like I said, I was five foot eight, 110 coming out of high school. There's no shadows going D1, but like, and I'm not saying that I, I could have ended up somewhere more competitive, but who knows like what could have happened if I had that guidance or if I had someone that. Yeah. Um, you, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And like, and that's not even, even anything that, that that's like a bash on my parents. Neither of my parents went to college. Like, so they were, they just wanted me to go somewhere because they wanted me right. to be the first family to go to college. Um, but it's, it's not a knock on them, but they did a phenomenal job raising me. And it was just, I didn't have that person because also in high school, we didn't have the same coach for a consecutive season. There was four different varsity coaches for each four years. I was in high school. I had a different JV coach my freshman year. I had a different JV coach my sophomore year. There was a different varsity coach my junior year and then a different varsity coach my senior year. So there was no one that came in or no one that was there that really knew me good enough to be to reach out and be like, Hey, this kid can play. Let's right. help him up. And so anything that I can do now, I mean, that, like I said, that's, that's just my main goal. It's I, I, I set the goal of, obviously we want to have team success. I want to develop every one of these kids. Uh, but there was a little bit of emphasis on the three seniors that I have right now. If they want to play college baseball, they're going to go. And right now it's looking like all three are going to be committing or going somewhere, hopefully by the end of either the month or by mid July. And that's something that I'm extremely proud of. Which is awesome. And that's, that's a huge deal, you know, and it's, it's something that I, I think I talked about going into like the tryout season, you know, end of last summer, going into the fall when tryouts were starting to hit and, you know, people were starting to pick their rosters and stuff was, you know, when you pick these summer teams, especially if you're playing summer travel, one of the things you have to ask yourself is, you, you can't necessarily pick this for high school unless you, unless you're choosing to go to a private school for high school, you don't get to pick that coach, but you do get to pick your program in the summer and try who you, at least who you try out for. And you have to ask yourself, who do you want talking to colleges on your behalf? Right. You know, and that's, that's a big deal. You know, do, does your coach have contacts? Does your coach, you know, even, even if he doesn't have contacts, you know, is, is he, is what, is what he says going to have any kind of weight when he's talking on your behalf? Because that's part of it. You know, especially when you're hitting that 15, 16, 17 age group, who who's talking to these coaches for you matters. Cause if you're having, if you're playing for someone who college coaches just don't believe or who you know has a history of kind of fluffing stats or fluffing metrics, that might look a little tough for you. It might put you behind the eight ball. If you know, no offense. And this is no offense to any, you know, just one off team with, you know, a dad at the helm, you know, but is that dad going to pull weight with the college coach? If he tries to talk to him for you, right. You know, though, and those things matter. And it's not something that I don't think gets talked about enough, you know, and it, it having guys that care to see you go to the next level beyond saying X amount of kids played for my program and went to the college level. I think there it's, there, there's got to be more to it than that. It's not just getting kids to college. It's getting kids to the right place where they're going to succeed and enjoy themselves. Right. And, and again, it, it all comes with the trust part and, and just building relationships with these kids. And um, you know, the, the one, the one senior that I have this year, like I said, he was, he was, he was a late addition to the roster, but, but the other two I've had for just about two years now. Um, and you know, I, I don't, I don't think I'm necessarily closer with many of the other guys, but I mean, I have a very, very, very strong relationship with them because I've been with them for a little bit longer than some of the other kids I've had. So it, it's, it, it made it a lot easier to work with them in the process. Um, and then it's, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't do it for the fact that I want to be like, you know, do I want to co coach college baseball someday? Yes. But like, it, could I put it on a resume? Yes. But that's not the reason why I'm doing it. It's to get these kids there. And it was right. the, the most rewarding feeling where, and disclaimer for anybody that listens, I get it. There's not really an official signing day for D3. All right. If you're signing a blank piece of paper and you're just taking a picture. All right. But when I had my one kid asked me if I wanted to drive out and um, be there for like his picture slash signing day to go to a D3 school, I, I kind of did like a, holy crap. Like, this is like, this is what it's all about. 
like this this is literally why i'm doing it and i i don't want to be like it's not that i was brought to tears but it was like it, like it, it did make me emotional because it's like this absolutely kid, this kid put all of his trust in me to try and help him get there and then he knows that i, I it was a two-hour drive to go there and i told him i would have done that 10 times all right i, I would have gone 10 hours just to be there because you asked me if I, if I wanted to be there. And I was like, that's, I, I literally responded to me. He was like, you want to come be there for my signing? I'm like, literally dude, like that's a dumb question. I'm going to be there. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to be there. Yeah. Um, and that was, it was just again, not rewarding for me. It's just rewarding just because I know like the, the kid, he like, I don't, I don't want to put words, but like, I mean something to him. And right. that, that's, that's just not, it's not, you know, rewarding for, for me to feel like that. It's just because I, I know that I made an impact on a kid and it's, it's, it's going to, you know, it's going to change his future. Yeah. And that's, and, and really at the end of the day, like, you know, when, when you're talking about coaching and you're talking about getting into a position of power in a young man, or if you're a softball person or whatever sport you may be, if you're listening to this, you know, if you, if you're going to be in that position of power, like mattering to that kid is and every kid as, as many as you can, and not every kid's going to like you, you know, not every kid is going to, He's going to think like, oh, you know, that I'm sure I, I know for a fact that there are a, that there are kids out there that have played for me in the past. that would, if you talked to like, oh, Jazz was a real asshole, like, or maybe just, just didn't like me for one reason or another, but I, it's not for lack of trying. It's not for lack of, you know, I can tell you that there are a couple of guys who don't like me because I held them accountable for things. Sorry. That's part of my job. There's a couple of guys that, just, you know, you're not going to see eye to eye, to eye with everybody. But you should try. Like I want to have a positive impact on every kid I coach. And just in this short conversation we've had, I can tell you're the same way. And that's what matters. Like it's not about being able to say I sent X amount of kids to college to play. It's getting messages from those kids. Hey, do you want to be part of? Like, do you want to come to my signing day? Hey, coach, I just you know just had my first college hit. Just hit my first college home run. Just got my first college save. My first college win. Whatever it might be. Hey, coach they kept me on the team in the fall. Right. You know, I, I, there's a, there's a young man that I coached that, you know, he got recruited to a school was super fired up about it. And they cut him in the fall, told me he didn't throw hard enough. And I, I looked, I was like, you knew what the kid threw when you recruited him in, during his senior year. I, I'm confused. But at yeah. some point someone said, this is, you know, this is, he's going to college to play. It's going to be a great fit. Yeah, Was I don't it? like the sound of that. I don't like the sound of that at all. And like again, it's just just be, making an impact on people. And even someone that I, I didn't even coach, it's just my my paths crossing them. I, I don't want to say coach. I don't want to say you know providing guidance, but um, more of kind of like a mentorship. Our paths crossed um, briefly for about a year, um, and I saw I saw something special in him the first time that he showed up to a fall practice, and you know, I, I wanted to make sure that, that he knew that he, if he, if he worked and everything he did, that he was, he was going to, he was gonna, it was going to pay off for him. And this kid ended up just going off, became a beast, showed up in the spring, looking like a linebacker, um, ended up transferring out of um, a D3 to jump to another D3. Um, and I believe he was actually just named all region. Um, and he, he went off and he texted me. The minute that he hit his first, he, he texted me after the game, but he had his first home run um, with his new team. He was like, I just want to let you know that I, I hit my first home run with my new team and, and I couldn't have gotten here without, you know, you helping me along this way. And I'm like, dude, listen, I didn't really even coach you. I just provided some good words and some feedback. But the fact that that you feel that I made that much of an impact on you, like that, I get, that, that gets me right in the heart, man. Like it's it's just anything that I can do that I can help guys that, um, you know, that that want the feedback or that are willing to get better. And they come to me for that. Anything I can do. And, and when I don't, I don't, I don't need those texts, but when you do get them, it's, it's like, damn, I, I'm, I'm doing something right. And I'm making an impact on the, on these guys. You know, and it's funny too, cause this will, this will end, this will end up le like leaving us at a, a to be continued uh, because I have an idea for you when we get off, when, when the record button's not down, I have, I have a thought for you and I kind of right. want your input on, but uh I mean, it, it's some and some with some guys. It takes so little. I saw a young man today that I'm that I've been working with for a couple of years, who looked at me and said, "I want to play in college." He goes to a big high school. Didn't make his high school team as a junior. Didn't he? Honestly, he had he had a bad tryout. 
He had a bad trial where he showed up throwing about eight miles an hour slower than he's been gunned every single time I've like I or any of his summer coaches have gunned him and didn't make the team, but he, he kept working. He kept at it. He's actually been practicing with a triple A AAA muni team that he's not going to be playing with in the summer just to get reps. He was able to throw like pitch live to them and kind of learn from those guys during the time he would have been playing school ball. He's like, what do I got to do to get seen by colleges now? So I was like, listen, you know, throw, throw, like get video, throw it up on social media, so on and so forth. And we'll see what happens. And we'll go from there. Like, that's where we'll start. He put the, his first video up last night. I bumped into him today and he ran up to me and like hugged me. He's like, did you see how many people saw my video? And I'm like, yeah, because I hadn't noticed at the time, but it was it was pushing a thousand when I looked and I'm like, he was just excited that a thousand people watched him throw one pitch because the video was just him striking someone out on a curveball. And he's just like, did you see how many people saw my video? It's so cool. Oh, my God. I'm like, dude, we're good. Like, deep, take a breath, man. But this is awesome. Like, he's just, he's excited that people just happen to see it. And I'm like, it doesn't take much. The power of social media is extremely underutilized by high school and travel coaches. I agree. I, again, it right now it may seem foolish, but like I'm, I'm posting lineup graphics. Um, I'm posting post game graphics. Um, I'm posting game day graphics. I'm doing everything that I can to make it more appealing um, to those. And, and just as much to spread as much information as possible. Um, or instead of just saying in, in text, Hey, we play today at this time at this park against this, this team. Um, and then to give an idea of, you know, if there were to be a coach that came out, they see it on Twitter, they see who's starting. Okay. And they're like, Hey, we're already in the area. Let's go to the game. We know where he's going to be hitting and the Jersey numbers on there. We, we know what position he's going to be playing or, yeah. Hey, we know this guy's starting. Um, and then just anything, just a post. I, I'm not a huge stats guy. Um, but even, even after our tournament, I posted stats, like just top offensive performers, top pitch performers, you know, who did well, um, and then something that I've stressed with the parents, which, um, you know, I'm sure they, they kind of got a little uh, uh, annoyed with me because I told them, I, I'm like, listen, social media is taking over. Um, I, know, I don't know how old or young you guys are or if you guys are on social media, but like, it's, it's insane. If you can take video of your kids during school ball, if they're playing and give them to me or have your kids send them to me. I said, do the same thing for every single game that we play in. I will, we can, you can post it. I will share it. I will retweet it. I'll quote it. I'll do everything I can. I'll do it on my personal, um, anything that we can to get, to get your kid more exposure. I'm going to do. And again, I already have now I got, I got a junior that's, that's talking to a school. Um, I got another junior that's, that's trying and it's, it's going okay. I mean, everything's a process. It's not going to happen overnight. Absolutely. But I mean, and it's, I've, I got almost the entire team at, at, at one point or another to have a video posted to them in during school ball. And I get it. It's just one, um, but you know, the kids, the kids are taking the time and they understand the importance of it. And that's, that's something again, that, you know, high school coaches, I don't think are doing enough. Um, other travel organizations are doing enough. Uh, travel teams are doing enough. Um, and it's, again, if, if your goal is to try and get these kids to college baseball, it's you, then, then what is the goal? I mean, right. again, I completely understand college isn't for everybody. Some kid might want to go and go into, um, you know, be an electrician, be a line man, um, be a, anything with plumber um, carpenter go yeah, into trade school you know, masonry that's, anything yeah that's what i was looking for and, and like i get it but if you have the opportunity and if you're on the fence about college and if you're good enough to play college baseball if that's what you want to do it is the responsibility of the coach to make sure that they get there yeah so well um usually that we wrap the show with uh, asking for your funniest baseball story, be a coaching player or whatever. We're actually, we don't have time for that, but we'll, we'll remedy that in a minute. Uh, but this, this time we'll take to, you know, any shout outs, any thank yous, hellos, anything along those lines. Uh, this time is yours. And then, uh, like I said, I got, I got a couple things for you when we, uh, when, when the record button's not down. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a very simple, boring man. I mean, I just, Everybody that's that's been a part of this journey. I mean, thank you from coaches uh, back all the way from from you know house ball all the way to college ball. Um, but just want to give a huge shout out to the team right now. I mean, we played we played unbelievable this past weekend. I mean, we're we're in an 18 tournament. I got I got 2024s on my team. I got a bunch of 2023s, um, and we're playing in an 18 new tournament. And a team that we played had two college baseball players on them, and we, and we lost them in the championship. It was a tight ball game. Um, 
but you know we beat some really good teams and played some really good teams close um and and just the way that these kids and they knew going into the year that we we're kind of be we we're going to have be at a little bit of a disadvantage um but they worked their tails off and again that i mentioned that that really you know scary moment that happened we actually ended up uh, you know, bouncing back and rallying together as a team and and came back and won that game. And that was the pushes to the championship. Um, but man, I, I can't say, I can't say enough good things about the guys that I got right now. We got a really good support system of the parents and um, you know, it's, it's just been, it was a wild ride for weekend number one and we're right back at it again this weekend. So um, big shout out to the boys. It's been amazing. Uh, looking forward to the rest of the summer. Awesome. Well, uh, Connor, thanks for joining me, man. I appreciate you uh, carving some time out of your day to sit and talk some baseball with me. Absolutely. Uh, pleasure having you and I'm hoping it won't be the last time. And uh, with that being said, tip of the cap podcast, part of the BICBP radio network, www.bicbp-radio.com. Uh, you can find us on social media at tip of the cap pod on Twitter, or just tip of the cap podcast on Facebook, uh, like follow, share, subscribe, tell your friends, tune in every week when we drop new episodes of tip of the cap podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, and with that being said, thanks for tuning in guys. We'll catch you next week.